0: Welcome to Cloud9Fin, a podcast on all things leverage finance. We follow corporate debt from issuance to redemption, credits from performing to distressed, and everything in between. I'm Bianca Borer, a distressed debt reporter at 9Fin. Today I'm sitting down with our Head of European High Yield Research, Brian Deering, to talk about US legs manufacturer Lycra. So first things first, welcome Brian and thanks for joining me in the studio.
1: Pleasure to be here as always.
0: So today we're talking about what we've coined as the Liker variant of the well-known and often contentious drop-down maneuver. This is where sponsors and borrowers take an asset that was formerly pledged as collateral and move or drop it into another entity, generally a non-recourse subsidiary, and then use it as collateral for a new piece of debt. Brian, do I have that correct?
1: Yeah, nope, that's exactly right.
0: So, before we get into all of that, I just want to quickly recap what's happened with Lycra over the past few months. I'm going to whiz through this pretty quickly at a high level just to set the scene. If you want more detail, there's tons more on our NineFin website. So, just on a high level, Lycra has been working on its refinancing of its notes since Q3 last year. It kicked off discussions with an ad hoc group of bondholders but failed to come to an agreement despite various proposals being exchanged. So I'm going to give you a quick overview of what those proposals were. The ad hoc group proposed taking over 100% of Lycra's equity and offered to put in around $50 million worth of new money to go towards paying down its outstanding RCF. They proposed the company raise exit financing as well in the form of a bond or loan maturing in 2028, or and that the alternative to that would have been $450 million worth of take-back debt. They also would have liked the existing shareholders to put in $75 million worth of fresh equity for a pro forma stake of 129 Then the company came back with a counterproposal in February, which entailed raising a 535 million bond maturing in 2028 with a 10% coupon. And then both the 2023 and 2025 notes would be fully written off in return for a pro rata allocation of some of the 2028 notes, as well as 44% of pro forma equity. The company agreed that the shareholders would provide the 75 million that the bondholders were asking for, but in exchange for this, they wanted 41% equity. The 27 million shareholder loan would also have been fully equitized. However, as I mentioned earlier, they couldn't come to an agreement and the talks broke down. On the 1st of May, which is where we come to uh, our podcast today, the company surprised us at the very last minute, stretching its refinancing window to uh, for its 250 million euro notes, announcing a new bond deal on the same day of its maturity. So lots of high drama. Brian, can you tell us a bit about these new notes?
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, like you said, they had notes maturing. And on the day of maturity, they were able to place a new uh, series of 300 million euro notes um, that are senior secured and um as best we can tell these are privately placed and the only thing we know about it is in a short public press release from the company they mature in 2025 which is the same year as all the other debt in the cap structure at the moment so that includes um some usd notes uh, as well as a term loan and so you know they've they've kicked the can at least for the the notes that were going to mature this year but everything is going to come due in the early part of um, 2025. So they're going to need to think about this pretty soon, I think.
0: So, um, yeah, we, we kind of mentioned this in the introduction, but there was a special drop-down transaction as part of this with this Lycra variant that you've coined. Um, so let's break that down. Uh, what what, it, what is a drop-down transaction?
1: Yeah, we're going to make the Lycra variant uh, term stick, I think. So a drop-down, like you said, the idea is in the covenant structure, you have a, what's called a restricted group. And the restricted group is essentially the issuer, maybe some of its subsidiaries or even the parents of the issuer, but it's a collection of uh, entities within the company that are restricted by the covenants. So these are the entities that are limited in terms of can they make dividends, can they incur debt, and this kind of stuff. And the idea is that restricted group is created to protect the investors so that they know whether or not a transaction will happen, what could happen to their collateral, could it be diluted, this kind of stuff. So broadly speaking, the point of the restricted group is to protect the investors. And what happens in a drop-down transaction is some of the assets that were originally inside the restricted group are placed outside of the restricted group. So the function in in a covenant package is very clearly set out. You can use certain permissions to just take assets and place them in what's called an unrestricted subsidiary. And in order to do that, you need to have restricted payments or permitted investments capacity. And and that simply means that, you know, you can take it, put it outside of the box. Now it's not subject to the covenants. So that entity that um, you still own, that's one one thing to keep in mind, the company still owns this box, but the box now has assets and it can do whatever it wants. So it could raise debt. It could sell the assets potentially. Um, What happens to the cash is another question. But anyway, this is kind of where you have these situations that people know a lot about. You've got J. Crew, which pushed some assets outside of the group and then raised some uh, debt on the basis of those assets, so they could pay off some uh, debt higher up in their capital structure. This kind of thing. So th- these things are well known in the market, and they're and they're not terribly uncommon. But I think what's pretty interesting here is how Lycra did it
0: yeah so what is a lycra variant
1: (laughs) yeah so 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 what lycra did was they took some intellectual property and these things tend to to be done with intellectual property because they're a little bit easier to carve up in a group rather than i think operating assets so anyway they took about 75 million according to their press release of intellectual property and they place that using their restricted payments or permitted investments capacity, which they have very clear capacity in order to make this uh, $75 million designation uh, of the assets being unrestricted. So they put that outside of the group, right? And what they needed to do, though, if you take a step back in this transaction, was refinance debt that was within the restricted group. And that debt was about $250 million. And with the insane um, OID of 20 points that they had on this deal, which also priced at 16%, which is, which is remarkable, um, what they needed to do was raise enough debt in order to refinance this entire tranche of $250 million. So clearly, you wouldn't be able to raise 250 or $300 million on the basis of a $75 million asset that they had yeah. placed outside of the group. So what was the point of that? What they did here, and why I call it the Lycra variant, is they dropped assets outside of the group, but they actually incurred the debt within the restricted group. So they created a new SPV, but it's subject to the covenants, so they need to have debt capacity, they need to, you know, whatever else. They incurred the debt there, and it's peri passu with the other senior secured debt they have, which means that it's on the same basis. It has guarantees from all the same entities, and it's also secured on the same collateral as all the other debt. So for purposes of a refinancing, this is pretty normal. You incur new debt inside the restricted group, you repay old debt, and it's on the exact same basis. So investors are in the same place. But when a company isn't doing super well, or they, they need to give investors a little extra incentive, how can you do that? Well, they gave them a very high price, a very low OID, but apparently that still wasn't enough. And so what they needed to do was give it a sweetener. So typically in bonds, you can't just give one tranche a little bit more than you give someone else because those assets are all protected inside of this this covenant package that we've been discussing. So what they did here was they put some assets outside of the group. And now, like I said earlier, that entity, which is outside of the group can do whatever it wants. So it pledged its assets as collateral for the new debt.
0: So in essence, they have the same security package of the existing 2025 nodes. And on top of that, they have this 75 million of intellectual property, which in essence has been stripped away from the existing 2025 bondholders. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, exactly. So it came out of the restricted group, and it now is giving a priority to the the new nodes. So this is done in, in the sense that you know, if, if everything was to go um, belly up, the debt holders of this new bond get the first claim over this intellectual property, but they get a shared claim against all the other assets that were pledged as collateral. So they share with the existing notes and they get priority over this special thing. So they're clearly in a better place. Not to mention, like you said, they took the 75 million away from the others. So they're in a little bit worse position.
0: Yeah, so I guess to put this into context, why is this intellectual property so important to Lycra? I mean, essentially that's kind of its uh, USP, right? I mean, it owns and maintains a portfolio of around 800 patents in addition to 2,300 trademarks to protect around 105 unique brands, marks and logos.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting context actually. That's useful for understanding this transaction. And I mean, frankly, they need to do this transaction because they were having a little bit of trouble like you talked about earlier with the, you know, discussing the proposals. Um, Do you want to give us an update on their current liquidity?
0: Last year, the company suffered from the impact of raw material and energy inflation, which put a lot of pressure on its margins. China's zero COVID policy and weaker spandex market also put severe pressure on volumes. And I mean, looking ahead, the company said in its announcement on the 1st of May that it's projecting around $140 million with EBITDA this year, um, and it expects accelerated growth to be in the second half. Um, In comparison, in 2022, its EBITDA was down by 48%. So if they achieve their 23 projections, it would be a 43% increase from from 2022. So it looks like they're hoping to sort of gain back their losses. More recently, in the first quarter, its EBITDA was around 10 million. And in terms of leverage, the last posting it did was in Q3, where it rose around 1.7 times to 8 times.
1: Okay, so it sounds like they think that they're going to be doing a lot better in the in the coming year and years
0: yeah i mean i don't know i still think there's this glaring question about you know what do the existing 2025 bondholders think about this this new transaction i mean do you think they can do anything about this
1: yeah i don't really think so i mean in in the documents it's pretty clear that there's capacity for them to make uh, a restricted payment or permanent investment in the amount that they did so 75 million that's very clear for sure unless they had used that somewhere else and you know, the, these kind of designations are expected and designed for, you know, the eventualities like this. I mean, I've never seen a Lycra variant like this, but, you know, people do put assets outside of the group. Now, do they secure debt that's inside of the group? That's kind of unique, but this is definitely possible inside of the documents. And I don't think there's much anyone can do about it. Um, people probably will see if they're unhappy. But like you said, you know, it's who invested in this? We don't really know. And it's very likely that people that are already invested would you know invest in the new notes if they think that it's the best outcome for the company and for their their other investments so if they were invested in the other notes then no they weren't gonna, they're not going to do anything about it because they were part of the process and they and they understand it but it might be someone who was left out in the cold maybe that would be someone who would get upset but I haven't heard anything about that and uh, I don't really think there are that many likes to stand on frankly
0: yeah, and I think, like you said, if they have invested in the new notes, they've essentially elevated their position in the capital structure. But yeah, I mean, I think that's all we've got time for this week. And thanks for joining me on the podcast today, Brian.
1: Yeah, it was a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you have any feedback on today's podcast, please feel free to reach out to us by emailing team at ninefin.com. Be sure to also tune in next week for another episode of Cloud9fin. See you then.